Welcome to another episode of a Colts podcast brought to you by Sports Illustrated and the Horseshoe Huddle. My name's Brandon, and I'm joined here by my best friend, your co-host, Andrew Moore. I'm starting to get out of sync doing these weekly episodes, not being in that rhythm of two. Could do it in my sleep, probably. Uh, the intro, now I'm starting to feel a little less confident. I got I to gotta focus here. I'm working left-handed today, move my setup around so I can have three screens for work. Uh, so I'm just all sorts of off today. But hello, friend. How are you today? How are you feeling? Uh, we're one more week away from that terrible loss in Jacksonville. It is a little bit weird only doing one episode a week. It feels like it's forever since since I've talked to you about about the Colts here. Yeah. Um, but man, I'm I'm sick of the snow. Uh, if if any of our listeners are in the Midwest, uh, we've just been getting dumped Rip. on. And uh, I I don't have I don't have a snowblower, so I've been out there shoveling, getting my workouts in. Uh, the fiance's been off work since she's a teacher, so she's been helping out during the day. But man, I'm I'm over the snow. I, I I could go for some nice 70 degree weather right now. But hey, we're talking Colts football, so it's a good evening. How you been, man? Not too bad. Uh, I feel bad, and they were just given uh, on the Pat McAfee show last week. I think uh, they were just getting giving. Uh, Ian Rappaport some shit that is that is he let his wife shovel his driveway. Uh my fiance, along with you know, her mom's boyfriend, fiance, uh, they've been doing the shoveling uh because I've been working and she uh she took the week off for uh some family reasons. And uh but she's just been sitting at home still, so she's been shoveling and I'm and I guess I'm supposed to feel bad about it, but hey, you know, one of us has gotta earn the money. <laughs> <laughs> considering you were unemployed for so long and she was earning all that money at that time. That's right. All right. <laughs> so Andrew, first let's talk about, uh, let's talk about some social media. I want to talk about a Colts podcast, uh, at a Colts podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, thing that you should go find. If you're listening to this show right now, uh, you should go follow those. Uh, if you don't already, uh, but Andrew also this week, some defensive, uh, changes for the Colts more in regards to the staff. Obviously there's not really any player movement right now, this time of year, uh, which is, you know, the only boring thing about, uh, you know, this time of the year, getting ready for the Super Bowl's fun, uh, watching the championship games was fun. Uh, but no player action, no free agency moves. That's like the, that's like Christmas in the offseason is when free agency starts. But the coaching carousel has begun, um, as we've talked about. And the Colts defensive coordinator, Matt Eberflus, has gotten the job. He's going to the Chicago Bears um, as their next head coach. Spoiler alert, it's in the thumbnail. Um, Andrew, overall, he's been here, what, since Frank came? Yeah, he's been he was, here four he was years a hire now. by uh, Ballard, right? Ballard was like, "Look, this is your defensive coordinator," um, which I'm sure Frank was fine with. I assume we're going to go with a similar style um, in the search and in the hire. Uh, but what do you think about his time in Indy, and uh, what can the Bears expect out of him? 
So I think Matt Eberflus was was a decent defensive coordinator for the Colts. I don't, I, I wouldn't say he was great by any means, but I, I wouldn't say he was terrible. I mean, sure, his his coverages and and a lot of the soft the soft zones or the soft off coverage that he played could could get under your skin and, and frustrate you at times. But but when you look at the stats, the the Colts the Colts defense did pretty well under Matt Eberflus. I mean, three out of the four seasons that the Colt that. Eberflus was the defensive coordinator. The Colts finished in the top 10 in scoring defense three times. And, and then when you look at uh, how they did against the run, the Colts finished in the top 10 against the run in all four seasons, which was quite a big difference from the Chuck Pagano years. The, the even go back to like the Jim Caldwell, Tony Dungy. Years I was going to say like, even, even <laughs> with Dungy and, and Caldwell, who we both regard as very great uh, head coaches, one more defensive, one more offensive. Uh, that was that was an issue when we won the Super Bowl. Uh, it was not in those playoffs, but that was an issue all season the year we won the Super Bowl. And for a lot of the time, let's just say when Peyton was there. Oh yeah, and 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 that hasn't been an issue at all since Flus came into the building. Uh, he he, I, I think the biggest thing that you could take away, and it's it's the biggest thing that that I can say to any Bears fans that are watching, or or for Bears fans that are wondering, what are you, what are we getting with Matt Eberflus? He's a guy that's going to get players to buy in. He's he get, gets his players to play all out. 110% of the time. I mean, what was his defense known for? It was known for for constant effort, going to the ball on every single snap, and, and you saw how how he was able to put his star players in positions to make plays. Uh, the whole premise of his defense was to kind of funnel the play to where his star players were funnel it towards DeForest Buckner towards Darius Leonard towards Kenny Moore kind of make those make it so the play has to go to where their best defenders are and make it tough that way and and when you hear former former players of Eberflus or, or current Colts players now talk about Eberflus they 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 love this guy he he got them to truly buy in. And that's something that I think the bears were really looking for was somebody that, that was going to really build a culture there in Chicago to get these players to buy in and, and really go and go max effort and, and create a better, a better team atmosphere there in Chicago because I mean you got the young quarterback you've got some guys on the defensive side of the ball that that, that are studs Matt said Rokon Smith they still have Khalil Mack those guys you, they're they're gonna buy all in and do you and remember excited, uh Khalil Mack to see what he can do you remember Khalil Mack I do remember Man, Khalil those were the days those were the days Khalil Mack um pretty good at football haven't heard his name in a while uh, and hopefully, maybe hopefully, uh, for, you know, just contendership in the, uh, in NFC North, I apologize. Uh, maybe, uh, we start hearing, uh, Cleo Mack's name again. Not that, uh, Iberflus is known for a great pass rush, but you know what? Uh, this defense this year was, I mean, we got so good at turnovers that, that there's some Colts fans out there that, uh, have turned our high turnover numbers into somehow a weakness and how we wouldn't be good if we couldn't turn the ball over and it's a fluke. I'm like, well, if you're creating turnovers every single football game uh, with consistency, I guess, you know, I wouldn't call it a fluke. When when uh, Darius Leonard is literally punching the football out 
with his fist dead on game after game. You know, and that's not just Darius Leonard being amazing. Um, you know, he's he's coached in a way that, you know, like you said, um, with a lot of buy-in that causes him to want to uh, go after the football. That team, I think, is a nice gesture. Hicks should come to Indy. I agree. Um, but anyway, my point is, I think uh, something that we don't have in the notes here, Andrew, is is not just what do the Bears fans have to expect, but what do you what effect do you think uh, Flus leaving this football team? Because whatever we think about him, I think the defense loved him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so what do you think the effect of him leaving this defense is going to have? Well, I, I think I still think the emphasis on turnovers is going to be there. And, and I don't think that was just an yeah. Ibraflus thing. I think that's what, what Chris Ballard and what Frank Reich want this defense to be. I, I really think that they want this defense and this team to be focused on on still generating turnovers and being up in the top five every single year at, at creating turnovers because it obviously it gives the ball back to your offense. It gives you more chances to score. So I think I think while while Ibraflus isn't the defensive coordinator anymore, that's still going to be a main philosophy of this Colts defense, yeah. regardless of who the next defensive coordinator is. Do I think that the guys are are less likely to buy in because Eberflus isn't here? No, I don't think so. I, I, I am excited. Get a jackass defensive coordinator. <laughs> right. Just an absolute uh, loser. I I do think that that we'll probably see some of the guys in a little bit different roles. I mean, we could, depending on who the defensive coordinator is, there's going to be different ways that the defensive line line up, different ways that Darius Leonard is used, maybe a little bit more blitzing of Kenny Moore, maybe a little bit more man coverage. Uh, maybe yeah. it's switched from instead of like a, a cover two shell kind of base to maybe more of a cover three, the kind of what Seattle ran, runs and, and see what they ran with the Legion of Boom. Cause I know Chris Ballard's a big fan of that. So I, I think we're going to see small changes, but, but I don't think it's going to be necessarily an overhaul of things where the Colts are a, an absurdly heavy man defense where, or they blitz all out on every single play, things like that. But I think you will see little bit, cha- little changes at depending on who the Colts do hire as the uh, defensive coordinator. And we'll go over all of those candidates here in a bit, but I, I, I think the main core principle that will stick is the turnovers. And I think Eberflus's impact on these stars because he got his hands on them when they were all so yeah. young, that's just going to stick with them. They're always going to play 110% every single down. And I think that's just, they, they'll be able to pass that along to the new and up and coming players on this defense as the years go by. I think Bears fans, I, I you know, I tried to, I try to pay attention to Twitter still, but it's, it's so hard to be on there anymore. Uh, you know, it, I just can't. I'm too entrenched in Colts Twitter now. But a lot of you know Bears chatter like, "Hey, who is this guy?" You know, this happens all off season. Hey, you know Colts fans. You know what? Do you, this Flus guy never heard of him. Well, I mean, you've heard of him now. He's your head coach. You can expect a lot of soft ass coverage and a lot of completions by the other team. Uh, but no, I mean, I think he's going to be great for that football team. Um, I mean, bold move by the by the Bears to bring in two Colts defensive minded coaches uh, in a short period of time. Real interesting move by them. But um, the 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 GM they hired, and we'll, I'm sure we have that in the notes later. He looks real young, real young looking guy. 
He is, he is pretty young, and, and I think that also played a role into it because Ryan Poles and Emma Eberflus already have a relationship. So they're, yeah. they're familiar with one another, and, and they work, they, they'll, I assume, will work well together. And here's something that, that Matt said here as well. Um, some of the guys are always playing with a yeah. chip, like Darius and Kenny, and that and no matter who's coaching, will never leave them. And, that, and that's very true. That's something that, that sets this D Colts defense apart as far as their best players always feel like they're they have something to prove like a Darius and a Kenny Moore so I I I think it's really cool to see those guys continuing that no matter who the coach is and and I I just think that'll continue to pass on as 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 we go through the years with these guys Um, so Andrew, who's going with him? We got a list. I mean, basically we heard from, uh, a friend of the show, Zach Hicks. Uh, basically he said that he was hearing before it ever happened. He said he was hearing that if Flus got the job, the whole defensive staff was going with him pretty much. I mean, we're pretty much clean house here. So we got safety coach, Alan Williams, Linebacker coach Dave Borgonzi and cornerback coach James Rowe will be joining Eberflus as members of the Bears staff. Uh, that's a lot of guys. Not a super big shock. It felt like kind of the same thing happened with Sirianni when he went to Philly last year. Uh, so just kind of clean and shop. They could take uh, Mark Brady with them too if they want uh, an offensive uh, coordinator, in my opinion. But uh, that's a story for another day. How... I mean, really, this doesn't affect us much anyway because same as whoever comes in uh, to be the Colts defensive coordinator, they're going to want to bring their guys in. Right, exactly. And it's it's not very surprising, especially since – especially since coach Frank Reich is, is an offensive guy. Eberflus yeah. was kind of the guy in charge. That was the guy in charge of the defense. He's the one that made those hires. They're Eberflus's guys. So yeah. Alan Williams is going to be the defensive coordinator for the bears. So that's, that's a promotion for him. Uh, Dave Borgonzi was an Eberflus guy. James Rowe was an Eberflus hire. So it's not surprising. You, you don't, I mean, obviously there, I think it hurts a little bit because especially James Rowe, very good positional coaches. And we saw how the cornerbacks really excelled. You talk about Rocky Sin and Isaiah Rogers in particular, how they stepped up their game this year with James Rowe as their, as their positional coach. So, Again, it's not very surprising. You you don't want to see necessarily good talent go out the door, but that new DC will want to hire his own guys and and bring in the philosophy and the guys that fit that philosophy with those positional coaches. Drake Wally making an appearance uh, with the most pro bowlers in the league. We can get whoever gets hired uh, on the right track, hoping for more sacks. We have the pieces. Couldn't agree more. Um, and I think the amount of pro bowlers on the defensive side makes this job uh, more attractive for uh, the better-looking candidates. And are we ready to talk about uh, about some of those candidates? Yeah, sure. Right. Let's Let's run through them. So Colts defensive interview, defensive coordinator interviews so far. Before we dig into those, Andrew, I want to talk. You mentioned uh, the possibility of maybe more, some more man-to-man coverage. Uh, Rock made some huge, huge strides this year. I assume if we did an end-of-the-year award show um, for the Colts, we would probably give Rocky Sin uh, most improved from the 2020 season to 2021 season. So, I mean, do you think 
because I know we're going to be looking stylistically at guys that match our scheme because that's, you know, kind of how the pieces have been put together, yada, 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 whatever. Um, but seeing as how um, we did have our corner, uh, young corner and rock progress so well, Kenny is a stud, whether he played well at the end of the year or not, um, and whatever we do, you know, on the other side. Do you see man-to-man being a more viable option this year? Because realistically, going into last year, we did not see that as something we could probably do anyhow, so zone made more sense. I, I really do. I, I don't think this is this team is going to be a strict man-to-man press coverage team by any means, but, but we definitely st- will see more man concepts, I think, in the future because you're going to have guys, at least right now, your two outside corners for next year are Rocky Sin and Isaiah Rogers, guys that, that are quick, guys that are physical, aren't afraid to fight with with wide receivers, and, and you're right. They did show some some improvements in man coverage, and, and this would have been the case even if Matt Eberflus was the defensive coordinator in 2022. You remember Chris Ballard in his end-of-season press conference talking about how they had some success towards the end of the year when they started running more man concepts, and they were using those guys in in man coverage, and it was something Iberflus was going to look into. So I'm sure that the Colts even – even with this change, they're going to want to play a little bit more man-to-man defense. Now, they're still probably going to be a primarily – primarily zone team but but you can expect to see more man coverage in there especially like you said with the ascension of Rocky Sin and Isaiah Rogers really taking that that step and hopefully they can take another step in 2022 and here and here's my my thought uh you can't talk about wanting to play physical football all the time and you can talk about up front all you want the linebackers all you want Mm-hmm. Why why do we not want our secondary playing physical football as well? I know we ask a lot out of our corners in regards to tackling, but I think there's a lot of missed opportunities, and I think we saw this in some of the playoff games. Um, I, you have got to make some contacts with great great receivers, great tight ends. You have got to fight them at the line a little bit uh, in order to slow them down. Otherwise, they can just the receivers at this point are so good that they can pick apart guys like Kenny Moore if they if they have to or want to really. So mm-hmm. we'll see you know later in the year. But let's talk about these guys. Jaguars defensive coordinator Joe Cullen. They let him go this year. Um, a lot of questions on whether or not that was the right move. The defense didn't seem to be the biggest problem for that team. They gave us fits. Um, and we were supposed to be a good offense. So what do you think about uh, Joe Cullen what do you, and, and his chances of being the Colts defensive coordinator? So Joe Cullen is a guy that really has a lot of experience with, with the defensive line. And, and I think you're going to notice a couple patterns when we run through these six candidates that the Colts have high, have interviewed so far. You're going to see a couple patterns here as far as which groups they, they primarily work with. So Joe Cullen is a has been in coaching for I think it's 30 some years and primarily it's with the defensive line last year with the Jaguars was his first time as a defensive coordinator but before that he had spent time with the Ravens he'd spent time with the the Lions the Browns um, and I think he even spent time with the Buccaneers as well as a defensive line coach and it seems like everywhere he went their defensive line 
had had some great production. So that's something that the Colts want to see. They've made it a priority that the pass rush has to be better. So bring bring in a guy like Joe Cullen on, you're going you would probably see the defensive line really really start to take off and and even if the Colts don't bring him on as the defensive coordinator Joe Cullen would be an, a, a fantastic hire just as a defensive line coach yeah. to to really mold Quiddy Pay, Dio Dangbo, it, even DeForest Buckner kind of try to get get a little bit more out of him but yep. really work with those defensive linemen because you absolutely know that the, one of the main focuses of this Colts team for next year is getting more pressure on a quarterback and getting better at that defensive line area yeah uh and I think Matt mentioned earlier he'd like to see a Joe Cullen at the defensive line now don't get me wrong I understand the pieces that the Jaguars have on the defensive line uh but you know we don't have any you know I wouldn't say we have slouches we have an issue on one side of the end you know on one end we have a young Quiddy Pay who is going to we both still believe is going to be an animal I think most Colts fans most Colts fans agree well, I think on that. We, I think we saw that towards the end of the year when he started to come on. Quiddy Pay really was being disrupted back there. Probably one of disruptive, the disruptive. Only... The right word. He wasn't landing. He wasn't getting home. But he no. was causing problems for quarterbacks. Right. Um. You got Buckner. You got Grove. Grove could have had a better year. I, I. I think as well. Run defense was still great, but could have had a better year. Um. And I know he's a tackle, but all those players aside, I understand Joe Colin had the tools to to have an easy year on the defensive line. But when you're a team that just shuts down Josh Allen and embarrasses the Bills uh, defensively, I mean, that says something about, uh, about your defensive coach. That guy just wrecked the Patriots in the playoffs single-handedly, it felt like. Should have beaten the Kansas City Chiefs probably. Um, and, the, and the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, made him look like a fool. To be completely honest. So, yeah, that'd be a great hire defensive coordinator, but I love the idea of having him on our defensive line. Yeah, absolutely. And and like Matt said, he was with Baltimore prior to, to the Jacksonville, yeah. and he was there for four years. And you can think of all the times where Baltimore's defensive line and their pass rush really gets home. Baltimore's so, defense ever been good? They've been I good the last they, few years? I thought they were good once, once or twice. Something like that. But yeah, I, I like it. That's, that's why I'm, I don't know if Joe Cullen is really the favorite to be the defensive coordinator, but I think the Colts should definitely, if he's open to it, look to bring him on as the defensive line coach. I mean, it's not a good look for him. You said he was there one year as defensive coordinator, right? Yeah, he was. But it's, then again, they're, they're, it's, a, it's a new regime. I mean, that's he came true. on with Urban Meyer. A lot of those guys won't be staying. I could see that it would be tough, though, for him to just turn around and get a different defensive coordinator position at this point. I mean, look how hard it is for Brian Flores to find a head coaching job. That's <laughs> Jesus for one reason or another. Uh, Washington Commanders defensive back coach Chris Harris. Uh, I didn't get to read anything on this guy. Don't know anything about this guy. Uh, is Do you think he's an actual viable defensive coordinator head coaching prospect? So word on the street is this guy might be actually the leading candidate really? to become the defensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts. <laughs> the guy that the guy that you're you don't know. Well, here, let me let me try to let me educate you. Going back to our educated fan days. Chris Harris, a guy that was the defensive back coach for for the Washington now Commanders for the past two seasons. He was a guy that was drafted by the Chicago Bears 
when Chris Ballard was an area scout, Chris Ballard was actually the scout that scouted Chris Harris back then. He came on, was a safety, had a lot of propensity for a lot of turnovers, very smart guy. And then once he his career ended with the Chicago Bears, that's when he got into coaching. He became a an assistant defensive backs coach. Then he was coaching with the Chargers for a little while before he landed this gig with the with the Washington with the Washington Commanders for the past couple of years. Chris Harris is a guy that that uh, that again, it's kind of in the same mold as as Matt Eberflus. Players love this guy. Players gravitate to this guy, and and it would be a little bit of a risk because he doesn't have any defensive coordinator experience he's a younger guy I think he's still uh, if he if he's not in his early 40s he's is in his late 30s so he's a younger guy as well again as Matt said and it is what's been documented he is a Ballard guy so it's not this doesn't seem like necessarily it would be a Frank Reich hire which is what I was kind of leaning towards it would be so it is it is a little bit of a risk but but with with Chris Harris like I said guys gravitate to him players love to play for him and I think it would be someone that that if Ballard is going to bat for him then you could probably trust him because Ballard really focuses in on the defensive side of the ball I don't love the zero uh I don't love the zero defensive coordinator uh aspect but I mean somebody mm-hmm. somebody's got to give him his first shot you know what I mean? Right. Somebody's got to do it. Why not this team that's uh, struggled, uh, you know, as of late on defense a little bit? Um, not bad. Well, uh, honestly. But at I, the end of the year was not impressive. Honestly, though, with, with some of these candidates, it, it seems like, and especially with like a guy like Chris Harris, it can be a fresh defensive landscape. It's not yeah. somebody that like, like a, a Jim Schwartz who we're going to talk about where we kind of know what experience. his defenses are a lot of experience, but his, it seems like his defenses are hit or miss. Chris Harris would bring a fresh energy. He'd bring a fresh new staff. There are multiple guys that, that have been linked to Chris Harris from whether they're playing days, coaching in different areas that are very good positional coaches that, and, and I think, yeah, as it's been reported again, nothing official, but it does seem like as of right now, from everything that we're hearing, Chris Harris is the leading candidate to become the Colts next had the next defensive coordinator. And while he is a Ballard guy, it is still, like I said, it is still Frank Reich's hire. The yeah. Chris Ballard, Chris Ballard right now is down in, in mobile at the senior bowl with, with the, with the scouts, Chris, uh, Frank Reich is still in Indy and Frank Reich has been the one that's been heading up these, these interviews. So if Chris Harris is, does get the job, it's going to be because Frank Reich wants him to get the job. So that I think can, if you see, it's not just a Ballard hire, it's pushing in. If Frank Reich signs off on it too, then you can have a little more confidence in the hire. Titans senior defensive assistant, Jim Schwartz. I don't know why when I think of Jim Schwartz, I I can't get him being the head coach of the Eagles out of my head, even though he never was. But every time I picture him scowling over on the sideline, yeah, I I picture the Eagles, a picture of him in an Eagles gear. But it was the it was the Lions he was head coach of. Um, other than that, he spent some time with the Bills. He has been with the Eagles recently mm-hmm. with the Titans. Um, a lot of experience on this guy. Uh, scheme wise, I know you're you know you're not psyched about you know having a guy that you know has been around so long and it sounds like you're leaning towards the young blood there uh what would 
you know, a Jim Schwartz in his history, what would his scheme look like? Would it match well with what we're looking for? It would definitely have a big change to the defensive line. What what Jim Schwartz does is he really likes to spread his defensive line out. He really likes to get one-on-one matchups with your his star players on the defensive line. And uh, so like getting in the, the, the pass rushers specifically mm-hmm. in those wide nine stances way outside the tackle so they can really take off and have a ton of speed already going right as they get there. Um, you'll also see that the Jim Schwartz a lot of times likes to likes to play with with a little bit more man, a little bit more press coverage, and it usually has a, a deep safety over the top to to kind of watch things and read the defense someone that uh, a position that I really think Julian Blackman once he recovers from his from his Achilles injury I think Julian Blackman could do very well so that that's kind of what you see again Jim Schwartz was in Philadelphia with Frank Reich he was the defensive coordinator when the Eagles won the Super Bowl so obviously there's the familiarity there what we could see as well is maybe even Jim Schwartz again, they're the Colts are interviewing all these guys, but it might not necessarily just be for the defensive coordinator position. Yeah. If Jim Schwartz, the Colts may want to offer him as like an associate head coach because he is so close to right or, or maybe like a senior defensive assistant, because if they do go and hire Chris Harris, he is so young, then you can have someone to rely on and, and kind of get advice from in Jim Schwartz. There's always those kinds of possibilities, but I think Jim Schwartz is probably up there with Chris Harris in terms as in terms of being uh, a very very prominent defensive coordinator uh, option with the Colts. Yeah. But again, so those are the little tweaks, though. You'll see, like I said, guys on the outside on the defensive line, a little bit more man coverage, usually a, a safety deep. Do you was Jim Schwartz with the tight? It was did the Titans let him go? Or he's just interviewing for position. He's he's just interviewing currently. Okay. Uh, Raiders defensive coordinator Gus Bradley. Uh, that defense wasn't bad. I don't know a whole ton about Gus Bradley. Um, but I don't I. I don't know if he was a hire from John Gruden. Uh, I don't I don't know that situation. But we've discovered that John Gruden, you know, maybe not the best character in the league. Uh, I don't know if we go with a guy that's associated with the John Gruden. Maybe we do. I don't know. What do you think about Gus Bradley and, and his chances or just about him in general? I think for Gus Bradley, I mean, former head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, I think what really for him is is his his background within the Seattle Seahawks cover three scheme that the Colts kind of would like to go to as well. Yeah. So I think that's really why they they're looking to give him a look. He is a little bit more aggressive. We saw what he did this year, having Yannick Ngakwe and and Max Crosby, yeah. two defensive ends that absolutely lit it up. The 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 secondary for the for the Las Vegas Raiders, it seemed throughout the year got got a little bit better as they went along. But yeah, I think mostly it's because of his roots in that that cover three scheme usually runs a four three with some three four tactics in there but but it's more of kind of what the the legion of boom era that the uh, the seattle seahawks had that that intrigues the indianapolis colts cowboys secondary coach joe witt jr uh i i wasn't super impressed by the cowboys uh defense as a whole this year i know that you know he had digs, you know, and and he played really impressive ball, and that make that can make a you know a 
secondary coach look real good. Real good. What do you think about uh, Joe Witt Jr.? So Witt has a lot of experience as being a uh, a passing game coordinator or a defensive quality control coach. So his obviously his specialty is in in the passing game in the secondary. So that's yep. I think one of the big reasons the Colts are looking at him again. He kind of comes from that Dallas tree a little bit under the the Dan Quinn um, like cover Dan three. Quinn. Dan Quinn cover three Seattle scheme again. So I, I really think that's, we're starting to see that pattern develop. Yeah. It's not the cover three, more of the secondaries or, yeah. or a four, three guys that are having success with the defensive line. Those are really the two areas that the Colts are looking at, but that's the yeah, area we need the most help in. Exactly. Another, another cover three guy. And, and you're right. Trayvon Diggs had a great season as far as turning, forcing turnovers, I should say. So Witt was getting a look at by the Colts as well. Don't think he's he's high. Don't think he's really got a, a shot at it. But he the Colts gave him an interview. A lot of this is so involved with, you know, like surrounds buzz from just this season. I mean, this year is finally, you know, the first year Eric Bieniemy could probably finally be getting some head coaching interviews and actually get a chance at getting a job and mm-hmm. because they went out early. But that offense just didn't look like it did all year. Uh, I'm sorry. It didn't look like it has the last few years this year until the playoffs. So the hype around the enemy this year just didn't exist. I haven't heard his name at all this year. So it can be just like a a great performance by Diggs this year can, can spike up a guy like Joe Witt jr. You know, next year he could be still coaching somewhere and get no buzz at all. So Mm -hmm. um, Saints DB coach, Chris Richard, I don't know how long he's been with the Saints, but the Saints secondary is something that, um, in my opinion, has been uh, a quality group over the years. Uh, Got some good talent over there that helps as well. What do you think about this guy? Because you're smiling at me like I'm a dumbass. (laughs) <laughs> well, his name's Chris Richard, not Chris Richard, but Chris well, it's, Dick, all, bro. <laughs> it's all right. Chris Richard, uh, this this guy actually goes all the way he back to spell 20, his name different. 2018. The Colts interviewed Chris Richard for their head coaching opening back in 2018. So uh, he was a former defensive coordinator with the Seattle Seahawks. Again, that cover three scheme. He's a guy that, that has been a secondary coach. I think he was even a secondary coach in Seattle. Could be wrong there. I know he spent time in Dallas. Now he's with the, the New Orleans Saints. So again, cover three secondary guy. And, and again, yeah. he's one of those guys that, that players really gravitate to. He's got a real, a real, real energy about him that, that the players love. So I thought Chris Richard, Chris Richard going into it was my number one choice. I think he would make a fantastic defensive coordinator, especially with the types of guys that the Colts have Darius Leonard being one of them. But Again, like we said, Chris Harris seems to be the leader. Jim Schwartz is getting some buzz. Chris Chris Richard could be in there and could and could become the surprise hire. Um, he was definitely my number one choice going in, and I'd love to see him as the defensive coordinator for the Colts. All right, I'm trying to find Matt, one of Matt's response. Here we go. Matt wants uh, defensive coordinator Schwartz, defensive line coach uh, Colin. Darius Butler for the defensive backs coach. Now, Darius Butler is campaigning. I've heard him say on Pat's show, hey, Ballard, I'm I'm available. I'm I'm ready. He's going to have to give up give up his podcasting days, I think, if he goes that route. Uh I don't I don't know. Robert Mathis got into coaching and found out it's a lot of work. Uh, mm-hmm. It was not a lot of fun. 
I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't know how quickly Darius Butler gets into uh, coaching. But hey, if he was, if he was gonna bring him in, D, DB, DB coach, I'm fine with it. Uh, I like the idea of Schwartz, uh, just because, as you mentioned, like when you said that he likes to line the ends up, reel out wide outside the tackles, and give them a chance to get going. I just saw Quitty Pay. Quitty pay, quitty pay. I was like, oh. that wide nine stance. Yeah, that would be uh, quite an opportunity for him, I think, don't you? Yeah, I, I think so, and I think that's what entices the Indianapolis Colts about Jim Schwartz being the the defensive coordinator is yeah. because it seems like where he goes, they the pass rush has success, and it's because of how he lines up his defensive ends, how he a lot of times even will will make it so one guy will be on, on one side and he'll have three guys on the other side of the defensive line. It's just these exotic looks that, yeah. that if you're not paying attention could can really bite you. So, again, I think Jim Schwartz is solidly in it. Uh, from everything I'm hearing, Chris Harris obviously is still the leader, but I wouldn't be surprised if Jim Schwartz gets the defensive coordinator role or is brought on to the staff in some capacity. Uh, how'd you say the Saints DB coach's name? Chris Richard. We do not care. All right. Oh gosh. <laughs> uh, other Colts news. Jonathan Taylor has been named the Burt Bell Professional Player of the Year by Maxwell Football. I mean, the guy, this is just year one of him racking up these random awards we've never heard of. Uh I mean, good for him. Andrew, what in the hell is the Burt Bell Professional Football Player of the Year uh, by Maxwell Football Award? So Maxwell Football is an organization that, that goes back it's a historic organization. They, they give awards for every level of football, um, very well respected. And they, it's not, I like how they do it because they don't just look and say, Oh, it's the best quarterback each year. They look at the guy that really had a, a massive impact on every single game that the team played in. And so that's why Jonathan Taylor was named the, the professional player of the year, obviously well-deserved for the season that JT had good for him. Good for him. Uh, I love Jonathan Taylor. By the way, I meant to put a picture in here. I was going to put it so I could throw it up on the screen and brag about my new uh, jersey, signed jersey frame. Uh, I'll We'll tweet out a picture of it. I'll, you know what? <laughs> go check. Go follow us on Twitter and Instagram uh, to see the photo of the wildly expensive, very good-looking uh, piece of Colts, Colts gear uh, we just purchased. Uh Andrew, holy shit. What a weekend of football. I'm so sad there's only one game left. I like the realizations coming to me the worst time of year. Uh there's a there's a good month here where we're we've got snow, two months of cold, and no football. I mean, that's <laughs> truly the most miserable time of year. At least we have college basketball. Uh nobody likes the NBA, but at least we have college basketball, but uh, conference championships. Bengals. Bengals are going to the Super Bowl, baby. How about Joey B? Now, before we actually talk about that game, stats, Matt. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> I'm never DMing you and having a conversation with you again. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um. Joe Burrow and that football team making it to the Super Bowl has done – I'm very happy for them. 
I was cheering for the Bengals. Okay. But it has done nothing but piss me off when thinking about Colts, Colts football. Because I'm so, and we've talked about this before, but it just doesn't make sense for Chris Ballard to keep saying, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. Which, by the way, easy to say in your po- end of the year press game, you know, press conference when we didn't make it. It's easy to say. But in the beginning of the year, I don't hear Chris Ballard going, I don't think we're there yet, but we're going to have a good season. Anybody can go out there, play good football, and 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 defy the odds and go to the big game. Okay? We weren't, you know, the number one team in the league when we went with Peyton Manning the first time. Uh, we lost to the Saints, you know, in a game that we should have won with Peyton Manning. So it doesn't it doesn't matter. You just have to put the right pieces in place. You have to be able to coach this team to go through the entire year. You got to do something. And obviously having a fucking Joe Burrow helps market explicit. But I mean, no one I we you and I both picked the Bengals to lose their division last place. So I don't want to hear Chris Ballard's bullshit excuses anymore about we're just not there yet. Okay? Do you are you with me? Is my rant justified? I just think there's the, the there's that one big position though. And I agree with Joe, that too. It's Joe Burrow and the quarterback. So I and I've and I've said this all off season. The Colts aren't going to be a Super Bowl team until they figure out the quarterback position and, and the pass rush. Because my uh, God, if you give these guys in the AFC any time to throw the ball, you're done for. I mean, you think about it: Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert. Lamar Jackson, and and there's probably others that I'm missing. Trevor Lawrence, probably. Trevor Lawrence is up and coming. All of these young quarterbacks in the AFC, and they're going to be in the AFC for the next 10 to 12 years. That's why it is so crucial to figure out the quarterback position. Sure, you can have DeForest Buckner, Darius Leonard, Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, Kenny Moore, Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman. But you need the quarterback position figured out. You need a guy that can put the team on the back and go win. And it's not as easy as just going out and picking somebody. But the big reason that this came together and you saw this the, this major turnaround by the Cincinnati Bengals was for that one guy, Joe Burrow. I mean, obviously, you get Jamar Chase, phenomenal player, T. Higgins, Joe Mixon, but it is Joe Burrow. I the know Colts, the Colts did it in three seasons with Andrew Luck, so it could be done, but that's the thing. You need to find that quarterback position. And until you do, it's, it's going to be tough to really be able to achieve that goal. I know it's tough. I'm just saying you just, you, nobody thought when the year started, the Bengals were ready and guess what? They're heading to LA next week. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, hey, Jim Irsay, I would still love to be heading to L.A. as well. Uh, so if you could just uh, pick me in that contest on Twitter, I'd uh, greatly appreciate that. That also just kind of proves that that it's it's getting hot at the right time. You just got to make the dance. And, yeah. and the, that could have been the Colts because yeah, the Col- I, I don't think the Bengals are that much better than the Colts, but they got hot at the right time. They've got a phenomenal quarterback and they were able to get into the they were able to get into the playoffs. 
All right, so let's talk about this game. Do you think uh, Bengals win 27-24 uh, over the Chiefs? Uh, my boss is heartbroken. Um, what a football game. Didn't look like it was going to be, and then, boy, was it a football game. Do you think McPherson walked out there and look, looked over and said, well, looks like we're going to the Super Bowl? I hope he did. <laughs> that would have been awesome. I, I loved how everybody was saying as soon as the uh, the Chiefs won the toss, everyone was like, oh, Chiefs are going to win. Oh, I hey, was one what, of them. What, what By the I, way. What was bull- I saying? No. What was I saying? Go out and make Matt, a stop. Matt, give me go the stat. Out, give me the stat. Go out and make a stop. That's why you play defense. No. Fort Andrew. Wayne native, Fort Wayne native, God. Jesse Bates causing the incompletion on Tyreek Hill ends in an, or it causes the pass breakup that ends in an interception. See, I don't care, Andrew. That's the one stop. time. Go out and make a stop. I would love to know. And I'm sure Matt's got it, but there's probably a delay. I would love to know. Uh, what the stats are and how? What didn't he say? Like eight out of ten or nine out of ten teams that have won the coin toss win win the game. That just means that eight teams no. have terrible defenses. Oh Make my a stop, God, Andrew. It, no, it means that it's a problem. It should be closer to five. That's the th- that is when the rule is appropriate when it's split even. It should not be so heavy. The offense just walks down the field and wins. Not to mention it's harder to play defense later in a game. Defenses are worn out at that point. Offense gets easier. That's why there's more points scored in the fourth quarter than any other quarter of the football game. True or false? I don't need stats, Matt, to tell me that's true. Um, Colts need once again. All right. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, but anyway, uh, I just, I mean, I, I'm glad they got the stop. I'm glad the Bengals went down to one. I'm glad Joe Burrow handled business. Uh, he might be the coolest man on the planet. Joe Joe Burrow is is just awesome. I love Joe. Nine Burrow. out of ten in the last play ten playoff games. Yeah, Over ten. Okay. Nine terrible defenses make a nine stop. terrible defenses that make the playoffs. Ten out of eleven, even better. Thank you, Josh Fancher. Carry make on. Stop. What a football game. What do you think about the game? Go ahead. Game was good. Uh, again, I just think it, it, it kind of echoed what we saw last week with Mahomes and, and Josh Allen. These these young quarterbacks are outstanding. And and yeah. it was it was really cool to see the Bengals keep fighting and and keep they were down twenty one to three. Same score that the Colts were down when they came back against the Patriots and won in the AFC title game in, in 2006. It was awesome to see, and, and I really do think that that we're seeing the evolution of Joe Burrow. Again, I think it's going to be tough in the Super Bowl. We're not going to talk about it, but it was cool to see Joe Burrow just continually lead his team down the field, make those clutch plays, and get his team back into a position to win and then end up winning the football game. Andrew, I think if you watched uh, the divisional round of the AFC playoffs or the championship game uh, in the AFC, just the AFC, and you think Carson Wentz uh, is the guy that's going to compete with that, I think we're kidding ourselves. And that's okay. I I wanted him to work out just as bad as, as anybody. I was calling him, calling him MVP or MVP two under uh, Matt Stafford. So I'm just as guilty as anybody. Do I, I still think there's a chance that he is the quarterback next year and I'll be willing to live with that. I just don't, I'm man watching these quarterbacks in the AFC. I just don't think he's enough. Incredible. I don't, I don't think he's enough. Incredible. Um, Rams 49ers. Let's did you really pick the Rams to go to the Super Bowl? 
at the beginning of the year? Bills, I had Bills, Rams, and I had the Bills winning. We both had Bills, Rams. I had Bills, Rams. All right. I think I guess we, we did both because did. we had Bills, Rams, but you had the Rams winning. All right. Well, Rams are going to go win the Super Bowl. They're, they're certainly favored right now. And my goodness, it, it was good to see Matthew Stafford just absolutely dominate that game. And, and not, not only dominate, but really, but again, another comeback. And, and for the people saying that they want Jimmy G over Carson Wentz, I mean, he pulled a Carson Wentz to end the game, trying to throw it left-handed and pitch it, and it was intercepted. So I just think, and you feel bad, especially. I, I mean, I saw Debo Samuel after the game just sitting on the bench with a towel over his head. And Debo Samuel, what a player, dude. He is, I would easily put Debo Samuel as a top five wide receiver, top five playmaker yeah. in the NFL he's right un, now. Just, he's unreal unbelievable talent unbelievable player and and the 49ers have a lot of talent around there but again we'll we'll see what trey lance turns into but i i think it's it just this whole playoffs is showing you need an elite quarterback to be to compete in this nfl today cooper cup is amazing uh absolutely to, when, when you're a guy that and debo samuel and uh is in yeah uh debo samuel is one of these guys too but when, when you tell everybody, I'm going to go catch the football, I am gonna, I'm going to hurt you, and they put focus on you, and you are still able to do that, that takes a really special player. Debo did it um, as well. I think Debo and uh, A.J. Brown are the most impressive uh, physical specimen weapons in the league right now. I mean, those guys are freaks. Um, OBJ, amazing. Uh, played great, loved him going over to Debo after the game. If you're not happy for Odell Beckham Jr., you haven't been paying attention, okay? He's had his outbreaks. He's had his issues. They were all derived from a desire to win football games. You know what? I, it wasn't off the field BS. You know, he was doing minus the, you know, the yacht thing. <laughs> Whoop-de-doo. He went to celebrate going to the play, you know, whatever. But, if you can't be happy for him now, you're like I said, you're not paying attention. The guy is just wants to win football games and look at him flourishing now. Um, no offense to Robert Woods, but this was, you know, Robert Woods getting hurt and, and, and Odell having the chance to step up was good for Odell, I think. Uh, and obviously, so, so happy for uh, Matt Stafford. Oh, yeah. Matt, Matt, Matty Stafford, number one, just, just being able to – to get out of Detroit, win his first playoff game, and then we might see this. The Rams might be a team that that's contending for for years to come because of Matty Stafford. Just a great performance by him. I, I will say this about Odell: it, it was good to see him really step in and, and own it and not be a distraction. He comes to LA, he puts his puts his nose down, and he worked hard. That's exactly what what you should see from a guy that that is was really kicked out and and wasn't wanted by two team by his two previous teams and and again credit to credit to Odell for for really seizing this opportunity because Odell's not going to be back with the Rams next year that they they just simply can't afford him and and Rob they like you're talking about Robert Woods Robert Woods just signed a long-term deal with the what the Los Angeles Rams so yeah. Odell is using this to to turn his image around go show that he can have a major impact and and as far as the move to get Odell I mean I was 
I was completely wrong on this one. I thought that it, it wasn't going to pan out. I thought that that he wasn't going to have that big of an impact, and and the Rams were wasting their time with this. Obviously, I was yeah. completely wrong on that. But it's it's going to be it's going to be a show. Uh, the the Rams have kind of showed that. I mean, as opposite as you can be from the Indianapolis Colts as far as team building is concerned, and they went out there spent. Uh, spent a bunch of money, spent a bunch of draft capital and got the stars in that they needed to go on a Super Bowl run. You want to go get Odell? See, I don't know. I don't know if Odell would fit because the Colts, again, don't have that elite quarterback. I think Odell wants to go play with an elite quarterback. Yeah, but I think Carson's good enough to at least make him look good still. Who knows? We'll see. All right, let's go news around the league. After there's this. a lot of it. Yeah, I know. So uh, I guess stop me if there's one, you know, specifically that you really want to talk about. I can't really think of um, any news around the league that I want to talk about. Oh, wait. The king is dead. The king is dead. Tom Brady. Quarterback Tom Brady of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers retires after 22 seasons and seven Super Bowl championships. Couldn't be happier. (laughs) I mean, I could not be happier for this era to be over. I might even start to like him now. If he starts doing some, you know, he's a part of the Manning cast or, you know, kick Eli out and throw Peyton in there. I don't know. Or throw throw Tom in there. Uh, or just all three of them. I don't give a damn. Uh, I think that'd be a lot of fun. Uh, but uh, I think I'm going to like Tom Brady's post-NFL career a lot more than I liked his uh, NFL career. Incredible career. Uh, I mean, you, even though you're we're, we're Colts fans and, and we don't particularly love Tom Brady, you, you can't not say how incredible he is, uh, how incredible a player he is. Um, just and then to do it for as long as Tom Brady did, obviously, just just something that, that the NFL hasn't seen at the quarterback position. So it really is the end of an era because I mean, we'll it just rolls into the next one. His first Super ben, Bowl is the first Super Bowl I remember watching. Yeah, with Ben Roethlisberger retiring as well. You think about it, us growing up watching football. Who are the main quarterbacks? They're all done. Pey- Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Kurt Ben Warner. Roethlisberger. Kurt Warner was a little bit before me, but. Because you're old, uh, Eli Manning, Philip Rivers, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, Drew Brees, Brett Favre. Those guys are all retired now, and it's moving on to the the next generation of, like we said, the Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Matthew Stafford's a little bit older in that group, but I would he's only 32. Uh, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, and we we can go on and on, but. Yeah, it's it, it truly is the end of an era with Tom Brady and, and Big Ben retiring. I'm glad. I'm glad he's done. Uh, did you know that he had more passing touchdowns in his uh, 40s than he did his 20s? I did not, but that's a wild stat. Yeah, I saw that the other day. That hurt my insides a lot. He had a, I mean, these last two years had a lot to do with that. I mean, he just kind of went off these last couple of years. But um, who would have thought the last two seasons of his career would be his number one couple of years to have him as your fantasy quarterback? Not me. <laughs> Not me. Um, yeah, and Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger also officially retires from the NFL after 18 seasons, uh, two Super Bowl championships, and one domestic battery charge. Um, 
nothing out of you on that one? That was. I mean, did you just catch up? Did I, you, I, I mean, come no, on. I was just. I just didn't want to. Just didn't want to comment on that one. I mean, just just respect the guy in his retirement. <laughs> Why? <laughs> you know, I. You know, I. Uh, I know. Uh, I know a friend of his. I don't even know where this I do. Is going. That's a true story. Uh, it was uh, head coach of IU. He also was a coach at uh, Miami. What's his darn name? Football coach. He was the he was Ben Roethlisberger's coach in uh, University of Miami, and then he came to IU. Coach, uh, who's the head coach of the IU Hoosiers? Andrew, your right football now? team? No, before right. he used to be for a while. Oh, oh, I don't know. All right, that well, was a long anyway. time ago. It wasn't that, okay. Well, anyway, he was IU football did not exist. An IU football coach for quite a while, well respected, even though it was a crappy uh, organization. But his daughter. Uh, was is still friends with Big Ben, so she's coming to eighteen. All right, anyway, um, <laughs> former Dolphins head coach Brian Flores sues the NFL, Giants, Dolphins, and Broncos for racial discrimination. Is he getting the Saints job? Uh, did he interview for the Saints job? He's a finalist for the Texans job currently. So right. I don't, I don't know, but yeah, that's that's a whole mess. Um. Uh, if you, it would take us a long time to really. We're not gonna go through the details, but as far I have the stuff that I want to comment on is possibly the Dolphins even trying to pay him to to lose games. You can find it on ESPN, NFL. You can find it on any sports website if you want to look it all, all up. But it's a lot of stuff. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out over the next. That few I months. that I believe. Mm. I don't think he's getting you know blackballed for racial reasons. But I do believe that uh, he they did use that to as, as leverage to fire him, and I do believe that they told him to. I believe that mm-hmm. 100%. Um, Washington football team officially changes the name to the Washington Commanders. Worst name in the NFL, officially. The Washington Commies, is that going to be a thing? Please don't say that. <laughs> comrades, what if they went with comrades instead? Oh Just totally gosh. spaced it. Nobody brought this up. Nobody. Um, I mean, I don't. I don't necessarily it's hate it. it. Does, it's, it's the most. They should have went with the Red Wolves or the Red Hawks. Something no, like that's that. That's bad too. They couldn't go with red. They just couldn't go with red. Could have. Uh, that I. I don't have a better. I don't have a better name. But not good. It's the. It's so out of place too with all the other names in the NFL. I don't like it. Patriots is the closest one, I guess. All right. Um, it, they're the commanders now, so who gives a shit? It's never going to change now. Uh, 49ers and quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo are working together to find the right trade destination for him. Ooh, there's news to me. Yeah, so and I think that's that's the best way to do it, too. You don't just, I don't think the 49ers want to go and, and just trade him to anybody. Jimmy G's been a good quarterback for him. He's got a really good relationship with the coaching staff. John Lynch, the GM, and the locker room really loves Jimmy Garoppolo. It's just it's just time to move on. So it's going to be interesting to see where where he ends up. I don't think it's going to be in Indianapolis, but who knows? Broncos hire Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett as their new head coach. This just in, not yet, but soon, Aaron Rodgers is the new quarterback of the Denver Broncos. I wouldn't be surprised. Rodgers is a big fan of Hackett. And and even when Hackett was interviewing for the Falcons head coaching position last year, Rodgers called up the owner and then GM of the Falcons and, and gave 
gave a very rave review of Nathaniel Hackett. So he's a guy that a lot of people are looking at around the league, and it's it's no surprise that the Broncos snagged him up if they wanted to target Aaron Rodgers. Hey, I've cheered for the Broncos before, and I'll do it again. Okay? <laughs> uh, I will do it again. Uh, Giants hire Bills offensive coordinator Brian Dayball as their new head coach uh, because of – never mind. Well. I honestly love this move. Brian Dable is a, is a great offensive coordinator. He was a guy that, that really worked with Josh Allen and helped Josh Allen rise to where he is. So I love this hire. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second, but I, I really think the, the bills want to surround Daniel Jones this year, give him a chance that if it's not move on to a new quarterback, but either way to have an offensive mind to develop a young quarterback into their star of the future. Colts are heading to Las Vegas next year to beat the ever-living piss out of the Raiders who have just hired Patriots offensive coordinator Josh McDaniels as their new head coach. Colts will not lose to the Raiders next year. Hey, he actually signed the contract. That's Good. that's that's news. Wow, did he get that, on the plane and fly all the way there? When he said it was – when it came out that it was reported, I tweeted out, hey, make sure he signs that contract. Otherwise, we'll uh... – I cannot believe that they would hire him. Right after John Gruden, after all that, then they go ahead and say, "Oh, let's hire the guy that uh, turn turned his plane halfway around, you know, or turned his plane around halfway on his way to Indianapolis." Well, Mark Mark Davis, I wouldn't say is a very smart man. You could look <laughs> at him and think, when you look at Mark Davis, does this scream for uh, intelligent human being? No, <laughs> not really. Not. It screams. And, he puts a bull on his head and cuts his hair around it. And the thing is, to make to to make more sense of it, look who they hired as the GM. The Raiders hire Patriots de facto GM Dave Ziegler as their new general manager. So, again, a, a Patriots general manager, so a Patriots offensive coordinator makes sense. Vikings are expected to hire Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell as their new head coach after the Super Bowl. If you've ever spoken to Sean McVay, you get a head coaching job. That's just the way it goes. <laughs> The Sean McVay coaching tree is getting is very yes, absolutely. It seems like if yeah, pretty much if you speak with Sean McVay or if you are associated with Sean McVay in any way, hey, you could be a head coach someday. Uh, Cowboys hiring Sean McVay's wife is their new offensive coordinator. Oh my uh, Cowboys <laughs> defensive coordinator Dan Quinn has informed the team he will remain in Dallas as the defensive coordinator. In other words, no one's really interested in hiring him as a head coach. Something along these lines, I saw that uh, right before the show, Byron Leftwich has removed his name from consideration for the Jaguars that head coaching job. Sad. So, I, I mean, I, honestly, for him, I think it's a good move. Because for him, it, yeah. It, it seems like they didn't want to fire their GM. Like, he wanted that to happen. So, if, if it's going to be a rough relationship, don't waste your, your first head yeah. coaching opportunity in a terrible situation. Good for Byron Leftwich. Um, You know, I don't think I've ever seen a defensive coordinator or offensive coordinator, for that matter, that uh, is in the booth during games get the camera pointed at them as often as Dan Quinn does. Uh, Steelers GM Kevin Colbert will step down following the 2022 NFL draft. Uh, did we already talk about that? No, that just happened. That happened right after our show last no. week. I think but we knew it was coming though, right? We knew it was coming. Uh, there, there was rumors that it was going to happen, but there, there's a lot of change coming in Pittsburgh because big Ben's gone. They're going to be finding a new GM. 
a new era in Pittsburgh there. But Mike Tomlin, you're never going to get rid of Mike Tomlin, nor should you. Great coach. Yeah, hilarious that every year the Steelers are calling for his Steelers fans are calling for his head. I'll never understand it. I'll never get it. Um, I th- I think that's it. That might be the first time we've gone over an hour in some time. So <laughs> there was a lot uh, to talk about. So so sorry you had to put up with us for that long. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate everybody. Go follow us at a Colts podcast on Twitter, Instagram, uh, and Facebook. We will possibly be doing, probably be doing two episodes next week. Um, one to talk about Colts, and then one dedicated uh, Super Bowl episode, I believe. Um, so keep an eye out for those. What are we doing? What do we decide Monday? We'll be, uh, I think it's Monday. We'll be recapping the senior bowl and all the prospects there that we think the, uh, the you might be, might be doing an episode with, uh, Zach Hicks. <laughs> hey, watch the senior bowl. You're, you're going to be able to watch. No, senior that's bowl. not it. Why are you not available on Monday? I just remembered, uh, I am not, we are going to a concert in Cleveland, uh, oh my Lord. Monday and coming back Tuesday. So well, maybe, maybe we can maybe record we early Tuesday. Tuesday. Maybe we can record early on Tuesday after I get back from my fingerprinting appointment. <laughs> Getting TSA pre-check, mofo. What's up? There um, we go. It's great. But then on, on Thursday, we'll be doing a full Super Thursday's Bowl preview. Good. And, uh, yeah, that'll be next week. So uh, sorry, guys, for causing all the confusion here. I love it when we work out the details of the podcast just right here. Just live. Uh, what about Rodgers in Tennessee? I have no idea, Matt. Don't get me into this right now. I don't want to. I don't want to appease those Titans fans. Again, we appreciate you guys. Always have fun doing this. Thanks for all the comments, Matt. You're in trouble. We'll talk later. But until next time, <laughs> go Colts. Say it again. Go Colts. Let this moment become a cherished memory. And then remember, a legacy is only worthwhile when there is a future to fuel. God bless you and God bless football.